Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, Clubbers. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. And this is a weekly chance to look back at what we have learned on the show. Welcome to Self-Care Club Snippets. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about our Facebook group. It's called Self-Care Clubbers. So if you're not already a member, jump onto Facebook, search for Self-Care Clubbers and come and be part of our community. Can't wait to see you there. The link is in the show notes. But let's first take a look at why asking for help is so hard. The primary reason is fear. We fear that we'll be turned down, we'll be rejected or we'll be laughed at. Even though these fears are usually unfounded, we're afraid to ask for help because it carries the risks of rejection and vulnerability. Because of these possible threats, fear overrides reason and, as studies in neuroscience show, this risk of emotional pain activates the same regions of the brain as physical pain. Wow. We also fear being perceived as needy. Yes. We don't want to be ashamed of our situation or come across as incompetent. Yes. So we work really hard to make sure that people don't see us in this way. You may also feel that people have their own worries to take care of and yours aren't significant. Oh my God, I can't tell you how heavily that resonates. Does that resonate with you? Hardcore resonates uncomfortable listening. It also makes people feel uneasy because asking for help requires surrendering control to someone else and some people have a very hard time with that. And another reason why asking for help seems so hard is that we are pretty terrible at articulating our needs in a way that someone can offer constructive assistance. This is partially due to a cognitive bias that social psychologists call the illusion of transparency or the mistaken belief that our feelings, thoughts and needs are obvious to other people. Oh, yes. Too often we wait for someone to notice our telepathic plea for help and then inevitably get frustrated when nobody does. In order to receive help, you have to ask for it. This is huge. Yeah. That piece is huge. The amount of coaching conversations I've had around this when people just assume that the other person knows what they want. Yeah. Well, how do they know? You They're not psychic. Them. They're not psychic. No. Well, I would know. Okay. But that's you. Very different. Yeah. Asking for help is a skill that we can all develop and that must be practiced and perfected over time. So here are some tips to empower you to effectively ask for and to get help. Ready? Ready. Number one, getting help relies on one crucial condition, clear communication. Try to communicate your request as clearly and as concisely as possible. There is no need to over-explain. Simply describe what the task is why it matters, and how the person you're asking can contribute. Try to be as specific as possible so they know exactly what it is they will need to do and can accurately judge how much time and energy the task will take. Like, So for example, I need some childcare help tomorrow as I have an afternoon meeting and nobody to take care of my kid. Please can you help pick him up from school at 3.30 and look after him until 5pm when I pick him up. Right, so it's specific. It tells the other person exactly how much time they're going to need to help you and exactly what it is that they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Number two, don't apologize. Mm. Big one, do not apologize for asking for help. I love how these mental challenges kind of start to weave in all of with each other. Yeah. Yeah, With the other ones. All the other mental Mm. practices we've done. So we've done stop saying sorry. Yeah. How to say no. Yeah. And like with the people And stop apologizing. I do love how they weave through each other. Because yeah. even this is like bringing up the people-pleasing episode a yeah. little bit, they isn't it? They all interlink, they don't do. they, somewhere. It's really amazing. So don't apologise for asking for help. We all need help sometimes. I'm going to repeat that. We all mm. need help sometimes. And it is nothing to be ashamed of. And yes, I'm saying that to you, the listener. I'm also telling myself. And me. Apologising makes it seem like you're doing something wrong by asking and it casts the task at hand in a negative light. So tell me what not to say, how you don't, how you shouldn't do it. Like, I'm really sorry to ask you this and I feel really terrible at asking for you, but could you possibly pick my kid up from school? Is that going to be okay? I'm so sorry. Mm. That would be awful. Awful. What should you say? You should just say, please, would you be able to help me? I need some help to pick up my kid from school tomorrow. Because it's only really your own shame talking Mm. when you're over apologising. The other person hasn't taken it in a shameful way. They're not looking at you thinking, oh my God, you're incompetent and you can't cope because you can't pick your own kid up. No, and the important part of that is that getting a request like that, oh, I hate myself for asking you, oh, it feels awful. It feels awful because you're probably going to say yes to the other person, but it falls into the controlled helping category because you are then doing it because you have to and not because you want to. Yes. Okay. So it can be a little bit manipulative. So just actually. don't do it. Don't yeah. apologise and say you We don't hate need yourself. to apologise. No, There's nothing don't. wrong no. with asking for help. So don't minimise your needs like with phrases like, oh, I hate to ask or it's just a small thing. This suggests that their help is trivial and takes the joy of accomplishment out of helping. After all, how is the other person supposed to feel if you hate to ask for their assistance? Also, don't ask them to do a favour. This can make people feel obliged to say yes. Mm. Often those seeking help are so busy trying to establish that they are not personally weak or greedy that they turn the focus away from the helper and onto themselves. That is so true. Mm. They say things like, oh, I'm not normally the type of person that asks for help or I wouldn't ask you if I didn't have a choice or I hate having to ask you for this. The impulse is obviously understandable. Asking for help is uncomfortable and the people we're asking to lend us a hand might, might feel imposed upon. We don't know that. But using disclaimers like these is the wrong way to make it okay and better. I can't get a lot of personal satisfaction from helping you if I know that you hate having to ask me and that you appear to be miserable about the whole thing. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Love that bit. And here's a good one for you. Don't emphasise how much the other person will love helping. (laughs) Any chance you can help me decorate my bedroom this weekend? You're going to love it. It's going to be so much fun. Don't try to explicitly convince someone that they will find helping you rewarding. It is true helping makes people happy, but reminding people of this generally drains the living joy out of it. Firstly, it is manipulative and controlling and it undermines the helper's sense of autonomy. Secondly, it is presumptive. Please don't tell me how I am going to feel about it. That is for me to decide. Yes, I do know someone that does that. And also make it personal, not transactional. 
don't ask for help over email or text. I know it's much easier to send a quick little WhatsApp, but it is also a lot easier to say no to a little WhatsApp. So try and speak face-to-face or call somebody. Studies actually show that face-to-face requests are 34 times more successful. Wow. Yeah. That's a good statistic. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Make your request more personal by explaining why this particular person's skills or expertise make them uniquely suited to the task. This casts them as a helpful person, not just a random person (laughs) that you can resort to for help. For example, I really need help choosing my wedding shoes. You've got such a great sense of style and you always wear great shoes. So I think you would be the perfect person to come and help me choose. I know you're not even talking to me and I feel great about myself. Well, there you shoes. go. <laughs> it's very good. That's very good. And finally, people want to see or know the impact of the help they've given or that they will give. This is actually not an ego thing. It's what some psychologists have argued is the fundamental human motivation to feel effective. Nice. To know that your actions create the results you intended to, in essence, shape the world around you. In the absence of feedback, when we have no idea what the consequences of our actions have been, motivation takes a nosedive. And that is particularly true when it comes to helping. So follow up with results. Beyond expressing your gratitude, you should follow up with the helper to share the tangible results of their aid. We want to feel that the work we do and the help we give matters. So take the time to show the people who help you why their support not only matters to you, but how it makes a larger impact on your work your life or your day and make the feedback about them, what they did that was so helpful, not about you and how it made you feel. Like it. Right? Yes, that's very good. That's a very nice reframe right there. Okay. So with all that said, asking for help is a sign of strength. Yes. Not a sign of weakness. Yes. And I would like to know how you felt going into this week. (laughs) 